are here for another edition of uh, Dream Stories. For another? For another one. That's it. <laughs> it's, okay. it's, I just love picking at your you, southern accent because I don't have one. You don't? Not no. at all. Mm-mm. I'm being very kind to you right I now. I know. Yes. I appreciate it. I know. I know. It's good. So, Well, we're we're back with guests again this week. Yay. I'm sure everybody else is happy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Last week, they just got us. So today, yeah. you get uh, you get uh, fun other people as Yay. well. So it'll be good. So. Or you can introduce them. Are we going to talk for a minute or what? Oh, well, let's just go ahead and introduce them and okay. jump right in. So we have with us for this week uh, from uh, Richland, Washington, uh, our good friends and pastors of the Bridge Richland there in Washington State, uh, Steve and Pam Watson. And we're really glad to have you guys with us today. Whoa. They're hey, waving. They're waving. Look, it's amazing. <laughs> but we, we're on video. Video so is all new for yeah. us, so it's really cool that we get to wave and stuff. <laughs> so some of you guys out there who are watching or who are listening are still just doing this on the normal, everyday uh, podcasting audio channels. Perfectly great. We're glad to have you still doing that. Uh, but we will, from time to time, talk about things that we're seeing because we're also now on YouTube. So don't forget that you can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, currently, we are piggybacking with Patria Ministries, one of the uh, networks of uh ministries that I oversee and work with and that Steve and Pam are a part of. And you'll find us on that YouTube channel currently uh, for the time being. So, but uh, Steve and Pam, you guys planted a church. You are pastors and planted a church out in Washington. And if I remember right, when we were uh, talking, when I was out there to see you guys not too long ago, um, you had some dreams or Pam had some dreams, kind of a series of two or three dreams that kind of pointed the way to some issues or some things, maybe some challenges might be the right way to say it, that you guys might face in that process. So why don't we just jump in and, you know, take a minute, say who, you know, share what you're doing now, if you want to, and then uh, jump into some of those dreams and let's talk about them a little bit. Hi, I'm Pam Watson and this is Steve. And we planted the church um, this spring. It will be 21 years ago. We planted in um, 2000. And we were um, fresh into the charismatic thing, things of the spirit. We were out of the Baptist church. So we had a very steep learning curve. And um, in the spring of 2003, we went through um, a really hard time in our church where some of the leaders were trying some of the elders were trying to take over. And this was a totally new experience for us. So before that, it all happened. God gave me some dreams. But we had, I think, probably no framework for even how to process these appropriately. It wasn't until after it happened when I went back to my dream journal that I realized, oh, my gosh, God was talking to us about this before it happened in his kindness. You know, that, that's that's. Cool. I'm going to stop you there for just a second because that's so cool to me. Because what you're saying is something we tell people. We tell people this all the time. Yeah. Your Creator wants to speak to you, whether you know that's what you're He's doing or not. Dreams are part of the way He's speaking. To you. And you're saying, your pastors, you knew that God speaks to people, but you didn't expect this kind of this to be the way it would come. Is what I mean. And not so, just that, she said. Uh, by reading her dream journal, she recognized. So it, it, you know, sometimes imagine if you had just had the dream, 
and had not recorded it, and it just didn't come to your recollection, um, you might would have missed this opportunity where you say you believe God was speaking to you. So by recording it, going back and reading it, you go, maybe did you have like an aha moment when you were reading that, oh my goodness, this is what's happening now, or, you know, something like that. Pam is shaking her head. Yes. Yeah. You have to be verbal because maybe everybody won't know that you're shaking your head immediately. It, it, it won't always be pointed. The camera's not, camera, <laughs> yeah. camera's not always pointed at you. So, so yeah. So, so tell us what. So, so tell us what happened because it's, I, I'm just going to sort of lay the foundation of what I know. You guys have are are, are building this uh, from a. We have some listeners who are not necessarily Christians. So, from a, a church planting, it's like building a business. You're starting something from the ground up. You're into it two or three years. Things start getting tough, mm. but you've had dreams that said that was going to happen. So how did that? How did that work? What what happened with it? Uh, what do you mean? What were the dreams? Yeah, yeah. Jump jump on into them. All right. Well, the first dream we're playing cards with some of the leaders. And one of them in particular, and I thought it was a card game I knew, but it ended up nothing was familiar. And I was getting cards like scorpions. I got two scorpions. And they told me, oh, just check that under the box of the Valley of Shadow of Death. And I'm thinking this is a good thing. And later I found out it's a bad thing, but no one was telling us the rule. Mm. So I ended up getting very frustrated. The second dream, Steve and I are in a vehicle. Our vehicle, we had a big old Suburban, and we went off the side of a mountain, and the vehicle was trying to flip, but it it ended up, we were able to ride it, but it landed really hard on the ground. So it was a very shocking, hard impact, but we were okay, but we were very emotionally exhausted afterwards. Mm. Then the third dream, which I think is the one you wanted me to share in more detail, we're in our living room, and um, Steve. My husband is talking to a new couple. I'm talking to a friend and a lady that we know whose name is Chris comes over and she shows me a piece of paper that she's been drawing on. And she says it's for me. And it's covered with Christmas drawings, images. And she starts filling in words and explaining things to me. So on a wreath, she writes Dr. Brown. And he's the doctor who's going to treat me. And then I will be black and red. And my stool will be brown and dark brown. And um, so there's going to be some kind of accident, she tells me, but I'm going to survive the accident. And then she told me that they would bring over things to our house afterwards, different food items and things like that. And she's a hospitality lady. And God lets her know before things happen to people if they're going to need help. So she's prepared and she knows how to help them without being caught off guard. So I tell her in the dream that I'm freaked out about this. And she told me not to be afraid because I already know the outcome and it's going to be okay. And then she said that they're going to make an ornament for us that um, will be a memorial to this time. And so at the bottom of the paper, she sketches four sketches of a mandolin ornament that's being made out of clay. And each sketch is um, a successive step in the process. And the fourth one, the mandolin complete. Cool. See, That's I love really awesome. Yeah, I love that. And let me, for for listeners' sake, let me let me just sort of ask something. And I see here, but I want to ask you about it. The first two dreams, 
didn't give you a lot of hope, right? I mean, you're, this card game's not going well, and mm -hmm. the car basically crashes right up. Going off a cliff is not a particularly enjoyable right. or uh, life-giving message. Right. Nor um, are scorpions in a card game. Right. So, so I think something that might be good for people to understand is if you stop with just your first two dreams, that's not a particularly pleasant thought process, is it? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, and I think sometimes people get in this place where they, they get down when they have a dream that's not so pleasant and they, they stop or they shut their dream life down. Hmm. Or they want to walk away from you could almost say those first couple of dreams fall into almost a nightmare type category. Some people would call it that a bad dream. People would say, and I try and tell people a lot of times there's no such thing as a bad dream. There can be a bad understanding of it, hmm. but not a bad dream. Every dream has some kind of hope attached to it. And it's not easy to see in those first ones. Hmm. If you don't get the whole series, you end up kind of left a little bit more hopeless, it seems to me like, until you get to the to the last one. And I don't know, how did you how did you take the because they didn't come the same night, right? Correct. It's over five days. Okay, so you've got three dreams over five days, and you've not and and initially you don't even know that what they apply to, right? Correct. We okay. don't know at this time. So all you know is you're struggling through a card game you don't understand, which to me, that's pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. You're playing a game. You're involved in something that has some potentially bad consequences, and you don't fully know the rules. That, having been a pastor before, I don't know, Steve, that pretty much lays out <laughs> starting to pastor. You're, you're playing a game you don't know the rules for. <laughs> Yeah, and you and you know I know you're a rule follower, Pam. I mean that's just your nature. And it's interesting that in the dream, you know, our Creator is considerate to us, and He talks to us through things that help us understand where we are. So He He gave you something that you thought you understood a dream with um, rules laid out, but then as you played the played it out, you realized you didn't know the rules, and that led to a frustrating situation. And then in the other dream, where um, you had the, the car accident or you land, you did say at the end, even though you were exhausted, you knew you were okay. So there were little glimmers, little glimmers. Uh, at least in the second dream, maybe not in the first, of hope, you know, that you were going to be okay, even though you were really exhausted. I'm curious, did you have these dreams like in a, a, a together or were they on, um, were they months apart? Were they a couple of years Five apart? Five days. Five days apart. Did I miss that? You did. did. She say that? Okay. For the sake of everybody, Lisa was having a coughing fit. Yes, I'm sorry. She... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So, so well, go ahead. Um, the first dream, we were at a leadership retreat with our leaders, and the person I was playing the card game with was the leader who tried to get us out of our position of leadership later mm -hmm. when everything broke loose, right. when the trouble happened. Right. And so... So in that dream, you know, he's not explaining the rules. And and, and, there, and there was somewhat, seems like, 
you think about scorpions, almost like deception. You know, there was something that was hidden or veiled that you didn't see. You know, something that's going to have a sting to it. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, again, as a pastor, when somebody, uh, I'll use a strong term, I'll say betrays, and it doesn't, because that's always what it feels like, even if it's not totally intended that way. When somebody breaks that confidence, it there's a sting to it. That, and that's what a scorpion speaks to. Uh, scorpion also speaks to the dark realm of the spiritual realm being what's yeah. causing the attack, right. not necessarily the person. Right. So if I were interpreting those dreams for you before you, you know, we know now what it applied to, but if I were interpreting those dreams just without any knowledge at all, I would, I would basically say what you found out, which is you're playing a game or you're in the midst of something that you're not being given all the rules for. And if, if you're not careful, it could really sting. It could yeah. really hurt. Yeah. And that's kind of what you were dealing with. The yeah. person who was playing was not playing by the same rules you were playing not by. Not playing fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then we tell people a lot of times the second dream, cars, vehicles often represent ministries, life callings, purposes, things like that. And and that dream is is a fairly simple interpretation, even if we didn't know you know, what you were dealing with, which is, you know, this is, you're in a risky situation. Well, they are now looking back, but before they may not have meant that much to her, you know, people where things had not been revealed yet. You know, you, you're one of the person who was in leadership playing this card game. You probably didn't know they were about to do what they were going to do. So it's easy looking back now on the dream going, oh, we know what it meant now. But in the midst of it, I'm curious, did you do you run to Steve and tell him your dreams when you have them like that every morning? Because, you know, him being the lead pastor, uh, the leadership of the business, as you took called it a minute ago, uh, how do you share that with someone? Do you just say, hey, I had this dream and I think it means something? Or was it after some things have played out and you're reading it and you're going, oh, look what happened in the dream? Well, actually, the funny thing is, is because we were at a leadership retreat and dreams were new to us, I actually shared it with the whole leadership team. Okay. Oh, that's and, always good. <laughs> no, this was in January, and then the big blow-up happened in March. Okay. Interesting. You, know, when you asked if we if we understood what was going on. Obviously, um, not in January, but by the time... We got to March. I did. I knew what was going on because I had received revelation from God as well. And so, in fact, the revelation that I got confirmed what the dreams were saying, and it helped give us direction on how to deal with the situation we found ourselves in. You know, that's that's really cool because this is something I love for people to understand. Our Creator speaks to us in different ways. Pam has a dream. But if I remember some of your story, Steve, you didn't have dreams. You had people who shared with you things that they were seeing and things that you felt like God just put into your heart or put into your spirit that opened this up. It wasn't like a dream. It was almost like the voice of God type thing and the voice of God coming through folks, if I remember right. Is that? Yeah, we had a man at our church um, who was well known for hearing God, and one of the things he said to me was uh, when our church was birthed, it was God wanted us to know that she was a beautiful baby girl, and but it was a bloody birth, and he was correct. We went through a really hard time even planting the church with lots of 
issues going on with people attacking us and other things. And so um, he said, when the tulips bloom in the spring, we'll birth a baby boy. He was speaking in what I would call uh, prophetic language. And, and, in, and in this particular instance, is something that was kind of being revealed, but not totally revealed. And he said, what he said to me was this, um, the baby girl was the birth of the church, but in the spring, you'll birth a 12-pound baby boy, which we understood to mean um, that the church would uh, mature into an, a, uh, an authority in the spirit that it hadn't been in as it was being birthed, because we would have to stand up against the uh, people, or it's actually the spiritual um, beings that were trying to negatively influence the church and to remove it from uh, our covering to somebody else's covering. So there were some very specific things said in, prior to all of the stuff coming into a head in March. And then the, the very morning that we confronted everything, I God actually talked to me that morning before we started the meeting. That's so neat. And I, because I love the fact that, you know, our creator speaks to us different ways. You know, you, you know, Lisa and I don't always hear the same way. You and Pam don't always hear the same way. And I think that's one thing for folks who are watching or folks who are listening to understand is sometimes we get the feel that we have to hear or see the same way somebody else who's real vocal about it does. Mm -hmm. And if we don't hear or see that way, then it's not good. When in reality, we're all created differently. Yeah. And we each approach and come to this place of hearing or seeing differently, uniquely. I, I'm just thinking about how they had their experience and how it's similar to one that you and I had had. Not exactly, because ours kind of unfolded in one day. And we've talked about it before, how we uh, felt led to move out of what we had done for many years, uh, a position that we held um, in leadership somewhere. And we felt a change that happened. And it was a monumental change. It wasn't something that just affected you and I. It affected a whole bunch of people. and But, you know, I had had a dream. You had had a dream on that morning. Then the, as the day unfolded, other things happened. People walking into the office saying certain things. And you just couldn't miss. It was almost like, you know, it was so obvious for us. that sometimes it's not. Sometimes it plays out over, over uh, three months. months. Three yeah. months. You know, a period of having several dreams in five days. And then it playing out over a three-month period. Period. But for us, it happened in one day, but it doesn't matter. The message was, it was gotten across. But you had at that same day when we were trying to make decisions on what we should do, even though we had had several confirmations, you had, you asked someone to pray for you. And when they did, they gave you a, what we would say maybe is a prophetic word or a word of a revelation of knowledge and just said, I feel like God wants you to know as you had it in a dream. Uh, something else I don't remember but it was like oh my goodness it was confirmation he was like it is done so be it you know yeah. God is saying do it so it was like so many things unfolded for that and, and I also think about with Steve and Pam with you guys if if you simply if everything's identical if you're a, if this is playing out both of you are having dreams or both of you are hearing from somebody else 
to me, it doesn't seem like there's as much confirmation. It just seems like you're almost playing off of each other. Well, you had a dream, I had a dream. It doesn't seem like it mm-hmm. it meshes those pieces together like it coming from the different angles does to me. Is that mm-hmm. how it worked for you? I mean, that's what it sounds like to me, but how did that come together for you to realize these two things went together to give you direction? I, I just want to, I want to go ahead and try and answer that. Um, one of the things that was happening to us back then was we were both really entering into a realm of revelation that we had, we were very inexperienced in. Uh, we growing up in a, in a, um, that with a Baptist background, we didn't believe that God spoke to us as often as he actually does. We, and we believe that you got most of your knowledge and understanding of spiritual things just from the scripture. But the scripture clearly teaches that God speaks to us still. Jesus said that his disciples would hear his voice and they'd know him. And he also told us that we would receive revelation of a variety of kinds through gifts of the spirit. So uh, we, we had just entered into the realm of revelation is the best way I can say this to you. And as God was speaking to Pam in dreams, he was speaking to people to speak to me that he trusted, that I trusted, and he was also speaking to me. So it's kind of like life. You go through an experience and a scenario, and every all, their, all the pieces of evidence and things that are said and done start to become clearer and clearer until things come to a head where you have to begin to deal with the reality that you're in. And, and the, what the revelation does in dreams, whether it comes in dreams or a word from God or a vision, whatever it is, whatever the Holy Spirit gives, the way the get, Holy Spirit gives the, the revelation, what it does is it helps you to, in faith, stand and to be able to accomplish that which God intended for you to accomplish in his kingdom for the good of the greater good of the people of the kingdom and those who are still yet to come in. So. That's the big picture of how we saw it then and how we see it now. That's good. Mm-hmm. So it's a process, isn't it? I mean, most people don't, you know, a lot of people are, work really hard, and we train a lot of people on how to hear God through their dreams or how to hear their Creator through their dreams. And so many people want to know what their dream means right then. And we can always interpret elements and metaphors and come up with a general thing. But then sometimes they have such strong application that we don't get to he- hear that until afterwards. And that's what's great about interviewing people is we get yeah. to hear, you know, what we get the happened. Story. Yeah, right. we get the whole story. So that's pretty cool. And, and, and I love it too because just like we talk about metaphors in dreams, Steve, you were sharing that the person who spoke to you and, and told you things, they didn't just say, hey, you've planted a church, it's doing good, but it's going to mature and get better down the road. And you're going to have some, some hurts and pains associated with getting through that process. You got metaphor from the person who spoke to you. Mm. It's a birth of a baby. It's been a bloody birth. It's been a hard birth, but there's another baby coming. Those are all metaphors. That might as well have been a dream that was spoken Mm -hmm. to you as opposed to yeah. to a dream that you had in the night. Yeah. And, and I think some people miss that sometimes, that dreams are not just the things that come in the night. Mm-hmm. Dreams are the metaphorical language mm-hmm. of, of, of our creator. He speaks to us in parables. He speaks yeah. to us in metaphors. Yeah. 
And, and though you had different experiences, they were both metaphorical. They were, and there was such detail in, in one of the dreams that Pam had, even to the very specific of your poop, you know, talking about her poop, your stool's going to be brown and it's going to be dark. And you know what that speaks of? It speaks of possibly you being wounded inside. I'm a nurse. That's I can't say, help it. Here comes the nurse. Here comes the nurse. If you poop dark stool, it means you're bleeding inside. You're, you're in pain. Yeah. It means there was so you know, it was probably wounding to you. It was probably very hurtful, but... Comfort is coming, right? Hospitality is coming. That was so, I love it. It was so comforting. It, yeah. it gave uh, hard news wrapped in a, in a package that's tolerable. Don't worry about it because it caused Pam stress. Don't worry about it. Here's the details. I'm the hospitality expert, and I will make it all okay. How beautiful. That's the most beautiful part of the dream in my mind. It's like, yeah. don't worry, even though it's painful, even though you may have bled inside. Good things are coming. Well, and that dream, that last dream, Pam, and that's the reason I did know a little bit about these dreams. I wanted you to, to share more of that one because that's a dream that's more directly filled with hope. And, and, and I love, you said it was Chris. The person was, the woman was Chris. And, and, and that for a Christian, you can already get the, the, the similarities. Chris and Christ come together. But it's a manifestation of your creator that we would call Holy Spirit mm. that's in the New Testament scriptures of the Christian Bible, the Holy Spirit is described as the comforter, the mm. one who brings, and Chris, the Christ, the anointed one, the Jesus, the manifest in Holy Spirit is bringing you comfort and saying, mm. there may be a lot of pain here, but you already know the end result. Mm. You're going to get through it. So tell us the rest of the story. How, what then happened in March? Because we've talked about the dream. What happens in March? Because we got three or four minutes left. What happens in March? And we already know the total end of the story because here we are 21 years later, mm -hmm. and you guys are still pastoring an amazing church. If you're in the Richland, Washington area, or even as far away, you know, as as, as the Seattle Tacoma area, you should go by and see uh, Stephen Pam there at the Bridge Richland because an awesome church for. Christians and, and a great place that accepts mm -hmm. non-Christians too. Mm -hmm. So uh, a great, great place where you have something to give to people. That's a strong, healthy boy that's doing good things. So we know the end result, but what was the intervening part? What happens in March and how did you get through it? Well, we went to a retreat with our elders up in the pine forest in the northeast Washington. Beautiful place. I was say you have and, pines. You have pines in yeah. Washington. You do it not not where you live. You don't have no, pines where in you desert. live. <laughs> so <laughs> the pine forest north of us, about two and a half hours. Anyway, um, what ended up happening is at the reach. Oh, we lost sound. Sorry, guys. Um, we lost sound on our end. So they go to a retreat mm -hmm. in the pine forest, and something good happened. <laughs> think so <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> can we they, hear you yet say something again can you hear us now? we can yes, we can hear okay. you now what happened in the pine forest all right we're in the pine forest and uh the first night we're there we actually played cards which is kind of crazy when you think about it and uh we went to bed that night and the next morning we were going to deal with uh planning things for the church for the future and uh, during the night, I actually had a dream and 
uh, the Lord spoke to me as I was waking up. And the gist of the dream is that uh, people on our elder team were seeking to usurp our authority and take our place and remove us from the church. And what the Lord told me to do as I woke up was to stand and stay standing and deal with it. And, uh, you know, so I, when we went down to the meeting, that's when everything broke. They started telling me that they were going to have me take a six-month sabbatical uh, they didn't think I should be in the pulpit and didn't think I was effective, all kinds of things. And so I let them know, and it wasn't all of them, it was a portion of them. And so I just let them know that I had planted the church because God called me to do that and that I'd called them to come alongside as trusted leaders and that I wouldn't be stepping down and that we would need to go ahead and end the retreat. And on Tuesday night, we would meet. This was on a Saturday. So on a Tuesday night, we would meet and we would deal with those who were doing the things that they were doing that were uh, subversive and, frankly, evil. And so that pretty much ended the meeting. <laughs> and uh, when we got everybody gathered together, of course, I went to the elders who weren't involved. And we got kind of the rest of the story of the, uh, you know, all the things that were going on behind the scenes and it was, it was kind of a nutty story. There was one couple of, that we had trusted. We'd been helping them for 10 years with their marriage and other things and just never dreamed that people would do something like this. But anyway, they, she had this infatuation with some other minister in the area, and they wanted to combine the churches. And so she had to remove me or get rid of me to be able to do that. It was a bizarre, bizarre situation. So it was just kind of crazy. But what ended up happening is we went down to Bethel Church in Reading on our way to Disneyland after this because um, we had always promised our little kids that if we ever got a, a lump sum of money given to us, we'd take them to Disneyland. Somebody actually gave us a bunch of money at that time. And um, so we went down and we stopped at Bethel Church for, for, uh, for a Sunday service. And I went forward for prayer and I ended up in front of a man who had been a pastor for several years and his church had actually done to him what they tried to do to me. And so he'd spent like three years going through a healing process. He had recently started a ministry for pastors and wives who've gone through things like they've gone through. So this is such a God thing, you know, for us to get this kind of ministry right in the, in the midst of this mess. And then a guy named uh, Larry Randolph, who has the prophetic gift in a ministry, happened, we happened to know him and he was at that church. And he got a group of intercessors around me to pray for me after this uh, kind uh, pastor had prayed for me and ministered to me. And uh, as the intercessors prayed for me, I ended up just, I don't know how to explain this other than just say I ended up on the floor. I felt the peace and the weight of God on me. And one of the little old lady intercessors, I never saw her because I couldn't open my eyes because everything was so heavy on me. It was, just, it was a good kind of heavy. It was the glory of God. It's called the kavod in Hebrew, and it just means um, the weightiness of God. And she's, here's what she said to me. Steve, the Lord told me to tell you this, the tulips have bloomed. And so she had no way of knowing that the old prophet had told me that when the tulips bloomed in the spring, uh, the baby would be birthed, and we would walk into the authority mm. and uh, that God had, had called us to walk in. Mm. So that's kind of the short version 
of a very long and painful story. <laughs> yeah, but that's so cool. I wish yeah. we had time to get the long version. We're out of time for today, but uh, I, I'm sure this won't be the last time we hear from Stephen Pam. But but uh, it, it's just so amazing to me to that something so painful and something that could have been even more painful that your creator foresaw, warned you of, promised you in multiple ways would be okay. Mm. And then in that moment that it all comes to pass, affirms to you, I told you already, you're all right. Mm. And it's such a beautiful it picture beautiful. of it a creator is. who cares about those that he has shown his love to. Yeah. That it's amazing. It's it's it really is amazing, and 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 I I, I love you sharing and being vulnerable uh, with us, Stephen Pam, because you know, that's a story that for pastors, if we have mm-hmm. pastors watching or listening, they understand this. Those are painful things, even yeah. when you come through them well. Yeah. They're still painful things. Yeah. And and I hope that that vulnerability not only says that our Creator cares enough to. Sh- to share with us, to talk to us through dreams, mm-hmm. but that he loves us enough to see us through to the very end. Mm. 21 years later, mm. these guys are still going strong. Yeah. So it's really good. Yeah. Stephen Pam, thank you so much for sharing. We really do appreciate it. So we, we enjoyed hearing that and well, not enjoyed the pain, but enjoyed the process. So yeah. thank you. It's been awesome. And uh, we'll talk to you again, I'm sure in the future, but for today, It's all the time we got, so I guess I'm supposed to say it again, right, that we close with. That's Keep Dreaming. If you're enjoying the Dream Stories podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all kinds of other places in social media settings. You'll see the links right here.